0: the power of their data wasabi another Boston-based championship team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com/slash cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates.
1: Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be joined by A's Assistant General Manager, Dan Feinstein. Although we're fully into the offseason here, we wanted to talk to Dan about some of the A's prospects in the Arizona Fall League and in the Winter Leagues this offseason too. And we also wanted to get his take on the A's first new farm director in decades. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Dan. Oh, thanks, Bill. It's nice to be back. Well, uh, like I mentioned, you know, the A's have had the same farm director, Keith Lippman, for ages, literally decades. And uh, this season, he's uh, stepping into an advisory role. And Ed Sprague is going to take over this next season. He'd been the assistant director of player development. He's going to take over as the new director. Can you talk a little bit about that transition, what that's like, and and what everyone's role is going to be like going forward in uh, player development this next season?
2: Sure, yeah. We we do have a, a changing of the guard atop our farm system. You know, Keith, Keith Lipman is a beloved and legendary figure throughout baseball, and we've been fortunate enough to have him lead our player development system for a very long time. Uh, the impact he's had on countless hundreds of young men's lives really can't be uh, overstated. And, you know, thankfully, he's still going to be actively involved in everything that goes on. Uh, but he is turning over the reins to Ed Sprague, and, and we're excited about the new opportunities that that brings uh, for both our staff and our players.
1: Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what Ed Sprague brings to the table? I know I've always – I've talked to him a number of times, and I've I've always heard that, you know, he he really had a good ability for integrating analytics into the, the player development process. But, but can you talk a little bit about what he brings to the table from your point of view?
2: Yeah, I mean, Ed – Ed knows our system very well, uh, and for the last few years he's been involved in uh, both the draft process and the day-to-day operations of our minor leagues. Um, he's been a lot involved a lot in, in a lot of the technological initiatives we've implemented throughout the system and uh, brings a fresh perspective in the way we utilize technology to help both our, our players and our staff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's always good to have a, a guy who's there on the cutting edge uh, go, going forward. Maybe maybe he'll be like uh, Keith and stick around for for a few decades as well. So, well.
2: Yeah, I mean we hope so. I mean, you know, we have established practices in place in our uh, player development system. We don't anticipate a, a philosophical shift in the way we go about preparing our players for the big leagues.
1: Now, as I mentioned, the Arizona Fall League just wrapped up. It got started a little earlier than usual this year, and the A's had seven prospects out there playing for the Mesa Solar Sox. And one guy who really lit things up out there this year was outfielder Greg Dykeman. Now, he was your second-round draft pick just a couple years ago. Unfortunately, he's missed a fair amount of time the past couple years because of various injuries, but he ended up leading the AFL in home runs, and he really played really well out there this year. So can you talk a little bit about you know what you saw out of Greg in, in during his time in the Arizona Fall League this year? Sure,
2: Um, no problem. You know, the the Fall League itself is is an important stop in the development path for many minor league players. It's designed to be multifunctional. Um, essentially it provides an environment where the top players can go compete against each other and uh, uh, and work on improving some specific skills that they otherwise wouldn't have necessarily the ability to do during the rigors of a minor league season. Um, but it's also a place where players who were injured and, and missed time during the season can go and get extra at bats or innings uh, in a very controlled setting. And, and Greg, um, you know, he has missed time over the last two years. Uh, he had a, a hamate fracture in his hand. He had a, a mild shoulder strain this past season. So really this is the perfect environment uh, for him to go and make up for lost time. Uh, like you said, he, he led the, the fall league by a pretty wide margin in home runs, um, played all three outfield spots. Um, really, he was just getting at bats and and. Uh, working to control the strike zone and be more selective in his overall approach and um, you know he had a really successful fall.
1: Yeah I mean he's certainly a a hitter who's got some raw tools he certainly got that power tool and uh, you know it it was good to see him get on track and be healthy there in the Arizona Fall League and hopefully uh, continue his ascent uh, up the ladder in the A system. Another high profile prospect you had out there was uh, Nick Allen you know, he got off to a blazing start at Stockton this year. It was really great to see what he was able to do with that there in the first half of the season. But then he ended up missing most of the second half with a, a pretty severe ankle injury. And he was able to get back in action out there in the AFL as well. It must have been nice for you to see him get back on the field, too.
2: Yeah, I mean this. Nick was an example of somebody, like you said, who was playing really well, and then missed uh, a good chunk of the second half of the season due to, uh, you know, a collision at home plate. Um, he's healthy now. He, he's there, getting as many at bats as possible. Um, you know, he really came to his uh, into his own with the bat uh, in Stockton. Um, we know what kind of defender he is. He's very athletic. He can play. Um, a really good shortstop. So so this was an opportunity for him to just get more at-bats.
1: Yeah, I mean, we certainly know what he can do defensively, but if he can keep hitting like he did in Stockton in the first half this year, that'll really be a pretty potent combination. The other hitting prospect you had out there in the AFL was Alfonso Rivas. I think he was a fourth-round draft pick. People always talked about his plate discipline and that he had uh, doubles power, and he went to the Arizona Fall League and he Got a lot of walks and hit a lot of doubles. (laughs) Can you you tell me how you view uh, Alfonso Rivas at this point uh, after this, this stint in the AFL?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of who he is. Uh, this was another case of you know Alfonso just going and and getting more at bats against quality competition. You know, he spent most of the year in Stockton, but he was able to get some exposure at Triple A during the final week of the season and made an immediate impact. He hit uh, over 400 in, in a limited number of at bats there. But um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a real pure hitter with plate discipline and good bat to ball contact skills. Um, The other uh, thing that works in his favor is he's he's a versatile player. He can play both uh, first and the outfield, and uh, that's going to give him an advantage going forward for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely helps. Well, you had some pitchers out there, too. You had four arms out there. You had a couple of guys who have primarily been starters in their career, uh, Brady Feigl and Daniel Gossett out there. Feigl had pitched a lot for Stockton this year. He pretty much took the ball every fifth day. So I was kind of surprised to see him getting extra innings out there in the AFL. Now, Gossett, on the other hand, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He hadn't had a chance to pitch all year, so it was obviously a good opportunity to get him into some games out there in the AFL for you.
2: Yeah, and you and I had talked about Feigl uh, a bit last year after the draft and how his first summer went, and, uh, you know, now he's coming off his first full season. He made 25 starts, uh, really good ones, uh, in Stockton, but it's this is a case where he was – you know, really efficient with his innings and uh, in those starts. And mm-hmm. so we thought it would be good for him to get a few more outings in this type of uh, controlled setting. Um, you know, we can dictate pitch limits and usage right. uh, and it's, you know, it's a great place to send somebody who has innings uh, remaining. They, you know, they're, they're able to pitch him in shorter one inning stints uh, and we've actually seen an uptick a uh, little bit in his in his velocity, which has been nice to see down there. But we expect him to go back into a starting role next year.
1: Right. And like I mentioned, it's great to see Gossett back in action after the Tommy For John sure. surgery, yeah. of finally getting back out there. And he pitched really well in the, in the AFL, too. So it wasn't just a matter of getting back in action, but getting back in action and, and looking pretty sharp. Yeah, no,
2: he he's somebody who definitely needed the innings. That wasn't uh, a case of him having innings remaining or anything like that. He he needed to go, and uh, he needs to build back up and, and get ready for spring training.
1: Yeah, no, good to see him back on the mound. And you also had a couple of relievers out there, Jesus Zambrano and – uh, Henderson, or I'm not sure if it's Henderson or Genderson Hurtado. Um, he, has, he has one of the more there interesting. There is a J
2: in there, so, uh, yeah. you know,
1: it- <laughs> But anyway, uh, they were both out there pitching for you in the AFL, and they both were really strong coming out of the bullpen. So can you talk a little bit about those?
2: Yeah, um, you know, we've actually re-signed both of them to minor league contracts. They were they were going to be potentially going to be free agents, and we're uh, we're thrilled to have them back. And we sent them out to the fall league to to get some more innings. You know, Jenderson, he's been with us uh, five years. From he's out of Venezuela, uh, he's been on a bit of a shuttle between our three low A affiliates during the last few seasons, but it's. It's really because he can fill a number of roles wherever he goes um, and add value as a starter or or out of the pen. Um, And he's pitched consistently well wherever we've sent him.
1: Uh, And now are there any other – you've got some other minor league free agents out there. It's good to know you've re-signed Zambrano and Hurtado. Are there any other guys that you've re-signed at this point?
2: Uh, yeah, Edwin Diaz, uh, a shortstop out of Puerto Rico. We're, we're happy to have him back. Um, you know, you talk about Nick Allen's defense. Uh, Edwin's defense at shortstop is is right up there as, as one of the best in the organization.
1: Yeah, he spent last season at AA Midland uh, pretty much split time between shortstop and third. He was playing third more than after uh, Kevin Merrill left in the trade. He moved over and played really solid shortstop there in Midland. But he's also got some skills with the bat, too, because he did lead the Texas League in doubles last year, so it's good to see you've got uh, you've got uh, a young guy like Edwin Diaz back in the fold.
2: Yeah, uh, for sure. Bob, Bobby Crosby, who was in Midland coaching for us last year, uh, told us anecdotally that that he thought Edwin was the best uh, defensive shortstop since Bobby Crosby. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's good to know that uh, Bobby Crosby's got some perspective on that, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now that the AFL is over and uh, the action has wrapped up down there. The main action left going on this off season is in the winter leagues, you know, a lot of guys go down and they play in the winter leagues. Can you talk a little bit about some of the A's guys that are down there in the winter leagues? I know Frankie Montas has been throwing really well. In-
2: yeah, and with, you know, with players spread out, uh, around Latin America, really around the world, um, you know, a lot of them take this time to, to go home and, and rest and recover and be with their families who they may not have seen for, uh, a good chunk of the year, but others go down there and, and hone their skills. You mentioned, uh, Frankie Montas. We have three, um, Members of our forty-man that are that are playing in the Dominican Winter League. Frankie made five starts for Escahido. Uh Jorge Mateo is is the shortstop for the La Romano Toros, uh, and then Jonah Heim, who we just added to the forty-man roster, he just went down uh, and he's going to catch for the Toros for uh, a couple months here.
1: Oh, that's great. I didn't realize Jonah Heim was down there too. I was, that was the, the last thing I was going to bring up and ask you about was Jonah Heim, because I was going to tell you how glad and relieved I was to see that you guys added Jonah Heim to the 40 man roster before he had the opportunity to become a minor league free agent. Because, You know, it seems like it's always a good thing to have a big switch hitting catcher who could do something with the bat and has some skills behind the plate as well. And it's not hard to imagine somewhere down the line seeing he and Sean Murphy as a nice little uh, catching core for Oakland.
2: No question, yeah, and it was an easy decision for us to add Jonah and the strides he's made over the last couple of years have been uh, impressive. Since we acquired her from Tampa, and and, and like you said, it, you can never have enough uh, good big switch hitting catchers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess if you don't have Matt Weeders you're gonna have Jonah Himes. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean he he really he really sort of impressed this year. So it's just glad to see that he's still in the organization. So finally, before we let you go, now that we're we're heading into November. What's your life at like as an assistant general manager at this stage of the game? You know, for baseball fans, things are kind of quiet right now. There's not a lot going on. But in your world, what are you focused on? What are you turning your attention to? What are you thinking about every day?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's a, a bit of a misconception about the off season And, and the reality is, is uh, we're oftentimes busier during the winter months uh, than we are during the summer. Right. Um, you know, we with the. With the end of the world series and and it, that really kicks off our off season. So we're uh, fully underway and anticipate a, a busy winter. Um, we have uh, you know roster reconstruction, staff uh, development, uh, arbitration, free agents trades, um, some scouting opportunities in Latin America, so we'll be we'll be very busy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always interesting because for the baseball fan, you know, August and September might seem like a really intense time, you know, whereas in the front office, there's not a lot you can do at that point. You've <laughs> kind of pretty much got the team. You're just, just sit back, watch the games at that point, you know. Um, that's and then, <laughs> just,
2: just live and breathe with every pitch. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: exactly. Just sweat out every one. But then when, <laughs> once we get the offseason, everything seems very sedate for the fans, like there's not much going on. That's when, that's when you guys are really busy scurrying around trying to get stuff done anyway. You head down to the... The or, or go overseas a lot during this off-season time as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll make a couple trips to the Dominican Republic. Um, I was just in Colombia uh, last week, seeing some some Venezuelan players. That was that was great. We'll have the uh, general managers meeting next week uh, in Phoenix. The winter meetings are going to come up at the beginning of December in, in San Diego. So um, yeah, I'll try to still see my family as much as possible, but we'll <laughs> be quite busy.
1: And and before you go, I also have to congratulate you on your boy Brian Buelvis, who was a, a teenager. <laughs> (laughs) That I know you were high on who went into the Arizona uh, league uh, this summer. And, you know, as one of the youngest players there really lit things up and had had a great season and looks like a very promising, very young outfield prospect for the
0: A's.
2: Yeah, Brian's somebody we're excited about. Um, along with a couple other kids from, from Columbia who are gonna play in their winter league, Jordan Diaz and and Jazmed Diaz, who we signed just this summer. So um it's a good opportunity for all three of those kids to to play against some really good competition this winter.
1: Yeah, well, it's good to know there's baseball year-round. Uh, whether it's here in the U.S. of A. or it's a continental way, uh, there's, always, there's always baseball going on somewhere. Thanks a lot for taking the time out to join us today, Dan. It's always good getting updated with you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. We'll see you again down on the farm.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.
2: It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold
0: air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all in one solution.